Hello and welcome to Wagawheel Coffee Table. It's a film podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Wagon Wheel Coffee Table podcast. I'm your host Ellis. Ed's been a while. I am very, very sorry. Um, But yes, it's been probably nearly two months by the time this one comes out, um, between this and the last one. Um, For a a myriad of reasons. I know in my last episode I said, oh I'm sorry, it it took so long between this and the last one. I'll be more consistent from now on. And it had only been like a few weeks. But this time it's been nearly two months i'm recording this on the 11th of october so that and the last one went out i think on the 14th of october um 14th of october 14th of august yeah so it's definitely going to be over two months by the time this one comes out i i mentioned in the last episode if you can remember that far back um that i was moving house so that happened i moved house um i've been recording i mean recording i haven't been recording that's the whole point i've been working so much um traveling to and from work because i've moved houses a lot longer now um i've ended up leaving my current job but i haven't my notice period hasn't finished yet i started studying part-time um i bought a new switch game probably most importantly so that's been taking up a lot of my time i i wanted to get um planet zoo because i was watching some youtube videos of it and it looked like just my perfect game um but then I don't have a I don't have a Windows computer or laptop or whatever, so I couldn't get it, and it's not it doesn't work on Mac. So I got um, what's it called? Let's build a zoo, and it's kind of very different to Planet Zoo. Um, Planet Zoo is like this like not hyper realistic, but this like realistic zoo building experience, um, or game I suppose more than experience, where you just you know it's like a zoo builder, but it's very realistic in terms of like money and how you need to build it and certain things you need to have whereas let's build the zoo is very similar in terms of like the end goal it's building a zoo um but it's seems to be more like game based if that not game based because there's no like mini games or anything like that but i mean it's kind of like in this like 8-bit style it's very just like clicking buttons instead of like building things and stuff um you can build like the size of pens and like get animals in and stuff but it's very like and then you do this and then you do this and then you do this and then this is the next thing to do and this is the next thing to do um but you can like do your own thing anyway that's been taking up a lot of my time i'm not that far progressed into it um i just got some hyenas which is pretty sweet um it's got some snakes hyenas um i had for a while all i had was like geese and rabbits um i got some capybaras which i was pretty psyched about and in the game, you can, like, um, make hybrids. And ethically, I'm against it. But the game kind of, like, wants you to do it. And it, like, improves your zoo. Um, and you get, like, money for doing it as well. Um, so I've been doing... I've been I've been making some hybrids. There's, like, a capybara snake. It's, it's just a capybara with a snake's head. It's weird. Um... And it's also, it's quite interesting because you can, you have like a morality score, 
which is quite cool. So you'll often get a guy come to your zoo and he's like, hey, I sell black market animals for cheap. You can get any animals you want because the game kind of like drip feeds what animals you can get. You have to like slowly build up what animals you can get. So I've only just got hyenas. They're like the next thing that I've got. Um, whereas if you like enter in this like black market trade sort of thing, uh, you can get any animals you want basically. And there's also someone who like uh, has like electric animals so it's kind of like um do androgyma electric sheep where they have like um synthetic animals like there's someone who makes those and you can put them in the zoo and no one ever knows but someone could find out and then your zoo will like lose reputation all that sort of stuff so i've been avoiding doing those kinds of things i want to keep a a moral a morale no a high morale no what's the word a moral moral not morale same um um I want to build this zoo with my morals, um, even though it is still a zoo, and the pens are way too small for the animals. Um, but you know, there's only a limited amount of space and limited amount of money, guys. And I'm very scared of like putting like the hybrid animals in with the other animals. Anyway, this is this is a film podcast. What am I talking about? But yeah, that's been taking up a lot of my time to be honest. And I'm still playing a lot of Football Manager, um, which is also taking up a lot of my time, um, which is productive especially when i'm studying part-time again and working and wanting to do this podcast but you know we move and here i am doing episode 25 did i even say episode 25 yeah this is episode 25 um so we're getting there to be honest anyway let's let's get on to the episode shall we i don't really have a plan for this episode i was going to do the christopher nolan ranking but i never got around to watching all his films and i couldn't remember the prestige it just got a whole thing i was like i can't bothered um i am probably gonna do so i'm basically this episode is gonna be me going through what i watched recently and chatting about it um there's a few films in here i want to do a episode about alien invasion films because there's been a lot about aliens recently in the news like there was the thing in america where they said that like area 51 i'm not sure if area 51 but the government have organic matter from space or something like that um and then there was also the weird thing in mexico (laughs) with where they showed the like alien thing and everyone idiots thought it was real um but it was that was pretty funny um and then oh oh my god this most importantly forget about fucking films i'm watching i started a twitter account for the wagon coffee table podcast and um shit posting i'm not shit posting i'm just making jokes basically and it's pretty fun it's all like it makes me feel like i'm like still doing the podcast even though i haven't done anything for two weeks uh, two months sorry um so if you want to go over and follow that um it's the you can just search wagon wheel coffee table podcast or it's at wwct podcast um yeah go and give it a follow i've got one follow currently and it i think it's just some like yeah it's 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 a it's a scam artist who just posts like porn and betting odds and stuff so come and <laughs> come and follow me um i'm not i'm not tweeting i'm tweeting like every other day just like if i see something that i want to comment about or make a joke about it's usually just me like quote tweeting film news or or just news on stuff like that but if you do want to um come and give me a follow that would be appreciated and it gives me a maybe maybe it's a better opportunity 
to you know interact with people who listen to the show if anyone does if anyone still does um but like my last episode it was the most popular episode i've ever done it's probably because it was barbenheimer um but yeah it's the most popular episode i've ever done maybe it's because it's been the biggest break between that one and this one um so people are just like finding the podcast and just clicking on the most recent one i don't know um but yeah come give us a follow on the old twitter again wwct wwct podcast wagon wheel cocktail podcast come and give us a follow let me know what you think give me some ideas for episodes tell me i don't know tell me your favorite film that's kind of boring right i don't know just come and come and dm me or whatever i don't know right let's get into the main part of the show so last time was mission impossible and barbenheimer so since then as I was saying, I was I wanted to do an alien invasion episode. Probably will still do that, but I want to put a little bit more effort into it. I want to do some like uh, research into alien invasion and like theories and make it a bit more of a thing about like aliens and stuff like that. Because I'm very interested in aliens and like what that means. Well, not what that means it doesn't make any sense, but like what my beliefs are. People like key moments in history where people have thought to see aliens you know things like the pyramids and stonehenge and stuff people think they're built by aliens but anyway let's 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 begin that so god i can't even remember much about this film but i watched um can you ever forgive me uh, on the 24th of august um good film actually i remember it getting a bit of oscar buzz and i think uh, melissa mccarthy and what's his name Richard E. Grant, of course. Miss M- M- Melissa McCarthy and Richard E. Grant, I think both got Oscar nominated, or at least there was Oscar buzz. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of heart, actually. And obviously, spoilers for all these films, probably. Yeah, spoilers for all these films. Um, at the end, her cat dies, and it's heartbreaking. Genuinely heartbreaking. Because not only do you love cats, but you love this cat in particular. It's the only thing she has, and it kills. It breaks her. Um, then I watched, so, the films I'm kind of basing my Alien Invasion episode on, I thought I'd do, like, a past, nearer past, and present Alien Invasion films. So, like, I watched The the Day the Earth Stood Still, the 1951 version. I watched Independence Day, the first one, and I watched Arrival. Um, just to get, like, a... So we've got, like, Day of the Earth Still, Still, 1950s, Independence Day, 1990s, Arrival, 2010, 2016, that came out. I was going to watch Nope, um, but I just really wanted to watch Arrival again, <laughs> so I watched Arrival. Um, so I'm, I'll talk more about those films in the episode, but it's, you know, some are good, some are not so good. Independence Day, yeah, not so good. I also watched, now, I've been waiting to talk about this film. It's probably the big reason why I'm doing this um, episode. But me and my girlfriend went to watch Past Lives. Oh boy, oh boy. What what a masterpiece. What a masterpiece. Honestly, it's unbelievable. I cannot recommend this film highly enough. It's about a, a woman who kind of reconnects with her childhood sweetheart while she's married. She was from Korea and moved over to America. So I had to leave her childhood sweetheart when she was like 11, 12. And then, you know, 
had a life, got married, and then kind of got back in touch with this childhood sweetheart. Um, that he comes over to America, and they just hang out. Really, they're not really like being romantic. She's not cheating on her husband, and it's just a beautiful film. I think it's, you know, trust me to focus on the white guy in the film. But I thought the character of the husband was really beautiful, in the fact that he wasn't kind of really jealous. Um, I mean, clearly he was like not really okay with it, but he kind of respected his wife in believing that this was something she had to do, and it was important for her to see this guy again um, and to have that connection with Korea because she was now basically an American, lived there for most of her life, married to an American, has an American job, all that sort of stuff. Speaks 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 English, American, whatever. So he, this childhood sweetheart, was kind of her connection back to Korea, and you know, there's this really incredible scene towards the end of the film uh, in a bar. So they've kind of been hanging out. The husband, her, and her childhood sweetheart have been kind of hanging out overnight, overnight during the night, and then they end up at this bar and. Her and the her childhood sweetheart, I'm, I'm just saying that because I can't remember any of the characters' names, are kind of just chatting to each other in Korean and kind of ignoring him. And he's just like sat there like, what do I do? Um, but letting it happen and understanding that this is important to her. But also kind of being there for her. And I just thought it was really beautiful. And they have like her, him and the, the husband and the other guy have like a, a conversation about like the 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 other guys like apologizing like oh I'm sorry I'm taking a, a, so much of her time we're speaking in Korean I'm so sorry and the husband's like yeah it's it's okay you know I understand and as someone who whose girlfriend I mean me and my girlfriend had a huge chat about this film afterwards it was really you know we both studied film we both enjoy films both whenever we watch a film together we chat about it a lot and what we think and. All that sort of stuff. Um, and this film was really... We both kind of... I pretty much almost cried about three times. Um, the end... There was another scene where someone just said something and I almost started crying, which I'll talk about in a second. And at the beginning as well. And she didn't really have much of an emotional response, but still like related to a lot of the things that I was relating to. So my girlfriend's first language isn't English. Um, so a lot of like what they were talking about in the film was um, what we kind of had an experience in, like not necessarily the same thing, but we just related to a lot of what they were going through and what she and him were going through. And there's a, there's kind of two things that I'll talk about in relation to that. So the first thing is that there's a scene where um, I think the the wife, or sorry, the main character has already met her childhood sweetheart once and has come home and they're kind of talking about it she's talking about it with her husband and she's kind of being a bit like not really getting that this might annoy the husband while they're like brushing their teeth or something and then they go to bed and then I think the husband asks her if she dreams in Korean and that's something I've asked my girlfriend she's Polish not Korean but like do you dream in Polish do you dream in English um and 
the, they kind of chat about it for a bit and the husband says i feel like i'll there'll be always be a part of you that i can't truly understand um and i want i want to understand your dreams or something like because she says she dreams in korean um oh no no that's it sorry so she's she talks in her sleep but she talks in korean and he can't understand what she's saying and he's like there will always be a part of you that i don't truly understand and will truly get because i'm not we're not from the same place we didn't grow up the same um we don't speak our natural language isn't the same and i've had that sort of thing as well feeling in the in relationship where you you know you love this person you really get each other you really get along you love each other so much but because you're from somewhere different and you speak your mother tongue is different there's always you get a feeling that there's always a part of the other person that you won't truly get and I'm, she feels like similar to what i feel obviously she speaks english i don't speak polish um like same with the characters in the film like she speaks perfect american he speaks a little bit of korean but not too much so he's it's a long wind of way of saying that i just related to the idea of like not truly 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 understanding the other person or there's a part of the other person that you won't truly understand any kind of met um, the metaphor for that is that his she he won't understand he doesn't understand her dreams and i thought that was just really beautiful and a really beautiful scene and it nearly made me cry um yes and then the 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 other scene which was part of the 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 bar scene made me really appreciate my girlfriend because in that scene the 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 other guy and the wife they're just talking to each other just talking to each other they're, they're reminiscing they're talking about you know they're even talking about what would my life be without if I'd have stayed in career and stayed with you would we be married would we have broken up all this sort of stuff and the husband doesn't really understand what's going on but you can kind of see on his face that he's understanding some words and she's not really acknowledging her, her husband and it kind of annoyed me but it also made me appreciate my girlfriend because she's really really good like if we're in a group of polish people or with her big family or we're at a wedding which is a polish wedding or we're meeting one of her polish friends or something like that she's really good at like keeping me engaged in the conversation like just like whispering to me oh we're just talking about this oh what do you think about this like they're talking about something in polish and then she asked me in english like well what do you think like she's really really good at that and i've never really felt left out um so but whereas that scene he was like completely left out the husband was completely left out it just made me appreciate what i had i guess um even though i wasn't appreciating like even it wasn't that i wasn't appreciating it, it was just that it was just that I, you know, I saw that that wouldn't be nice if that was happening to me. And thankfully that doesn't happen to me. Final thing I'll say on Past Lives, because it's honestly, it's truly an amazing film. Um, but the final thing I'll say is that, you know, the name of the film and the thing that they talk about is Past Lives. So kind of like what happened in your past life. So um it's hard to explain but basically what they talk about is like were well the thing that i got from it was 
how do I explain this? God, I'm really all over the place. Um, the thing that I got was that um, maybe the film, like the the life that all these characters are living, is a past life of the childhood sweetheart and the wife getting together. So, for example. The, the the film talks about how the people your like soulmate or the person you end up with in a past life you might have met them briefly on the on the tube and you've just felt this like quick connection with them like you've just looked at them or you've made eye contact with each other or you've brushed past them and there's just this like fizz or something happens the film talks about that and talks about how, you know, those people that you meet briefly or that you brush past or that you make eye contact with in a future life, you'll they'll be an important person in your life. It's kind of like kind of like reincarnation, not really like just a future life where it's the same. It's this it's not like you're reincarnated into someone new, it's just like whatever. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But it's her quite a Korean belief, I believe. Um so the thing that I got from it was that they've had lots and lots of past lives. So the first one was maybe the wife and the childhood sweetheart brushing past each other on the bus. And then this the weather, the, the life that this film is taking place, they they get together when they're young, she moves away, they reconnect, but they, they effectively don't get together. And then in a future life, they are happily married and do get together. So what I got was that this film is a past life. And that's why it's called Past Lives. That's what I understood. I don't know if that's true. Um, that's just a theory. But I quite like that idea. Because it's not disrespectful to the husband. She's still happily married. Obviously they have you know marital issues. But they're still happily married. And in another life, she'd be with this other guy. And I don't think that's very... Dis- I don't think that's disrespectful to the husband. Maybe a little bit, but... It doesn't take anything away from their relationship. I suppose it does kind of say... Oh, your marriage is just a past life to this beautiful relationship. But maybe that beautiful relationship is a past life... To another relationship or to another thing. I don't know. But I think on the surface of it, it's quite a slow film. Lots of people talking, lots of people just walking through... Uh, New York, I think it's set, but it's really beautiful. There's loads to think about. It's very, this is very like basic thing to say, but it's very deep. It, it's acted beautifully. It's directed beautifully. I just think it's one of the best films I've seen in a long time. I've thought about it maybe every few days since I've watched it, and I watched it nearly a month ago. It's a special film, really, really special film, and you know. I think even if I didn't relate to a lot of it, I'd still really enjoy it. But I think I enjoy it a little bit more just because I related to quite a lot of it. I'm not necessarily related to, but just understood where both characters were coming from. And then was able to talk to my girlfriend about it. And we were able to kind of jointly relate or jointly see, oh God, thank God our relationship's like this. Or, oh, that was very similar to what our relationship's like. You know, these are very basic things that you talk about after a romantic film. But, you know, it's... It was interesting. Anyway, let's move on. Go watch Past Lives, film of the year. Next film, also a new release. Oh, I'm watching the cinema, by the way, Past Lives. It's probably not in cinemas anymore, so that's irrelevant. But anyway, next film. 
I watched The Creator, uh, directed by Gareth Edwards. New sci-fi, big sci-fi film. Really interesting. Um, I, the, I was so hyped for this. The trailer looked really cool. Obviously, there was the whole thing about them using um, clips from the Beirut explosion. Beirut uh, explosion, which, you know, it's not great. You know, people died. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, the film is interesting. Um, I, I heard... I can't remember who it was. Someone kind of made a comparison to Avatar in terms of, like, the visuals and the, you know, CGI, the... not it's, Actually, it's not very CGI-heavy, this film. The, like, the effects, let's say, are very impressive and very engaging and keep you on the edge of your seat, but the story is very pain by numbers very simple let's say it's not but it's and i don't think avatar is that simple but it's not complex because it wants to get across these big ideas and these big effects in the film but it's a really really impressive film it looks incredible i love the design of everything um the way in which they filmed it i've been reading and listening to interviews where they basically this film costs like 80 million dollars or something like that which is you know you could make how many you make three of these films for the amount it costs to make the latest indiana jones film it's yeah it's crazy but anyway so they made it so cheap because gareth edwards does a lot of the effects himself and they basically had like a skeleton crew so they had the actors and maybe like four or five people on set and they should just go to all locations because Gareth Edwards was saying that, like, the amount of money it takes to build these, what it would cost to build all these sets, to build all these locations, it costs so much money. Why don't we just fly a skeleton crew out there and just shoot it on, like, a small camera? We'll use real people. We'll get people from, I think they shot a lot of this in Vietnam. Um, you know, we'll just, we'll just do it. We'll just go out there and do a bit of guerrilla filming. You know, and it works. It completely works. It like, and it's a really impressive film. You don't really get that kind of gorilla feeling, that um, that skeleton crew kind of feeling. It feels like a massive, massive film, and it looks incredible as well. Like none of the CGI looks out of place. It feels like District Nine, where the CGI and the character, the CGI characters feel like they're in that location, rather than like a Marvel or DC film where it feels like this is just a green screen it doesn't feel like mandalorian where oh they're just using the volume it feels real it feels tangible it feels i don't know i'm pushing the ends of my fingers together it feels tangible that's that is the right word um i think the obviously spoilers for a recent film but the kind of the central relationship between joshua and the child uh, al alf yeah alf the relationship between him and her, it feels, it felt forced, it felt like suddenly they care so much about it. suddenly he's like, he would die for this child, suddenly all these sort of things, and I didn't really get that, I didn't really get that kind of growth in their relationship, it seemed to happen very quickly, and it's quite a short film, you know, it's two hours, they pack a lot in there, but that's kind of the only criticism I have really, the story was just a little, not boring at all, because, well the story was kind of, but the visuals and the design of the world wasn't boring so they kept you engaged 
But yeah, it's just an interesting film. Honestly, there's not as much to talk about as I was hoping there was. Um, but I think it's a really... I think a lot of I think people should watch it. It's not a big studio film, but it feels like one, so people should watch it. Um, and make sure that more of these kinds of films get made. Obviously, people are going to get the wrong idea, and studios are going to think, oh, we can make films for less money? And then just not give people any money, and then people will make shit films because they're not Gareth Edwards. Uh, but it did make me want to watch more of his stuff. Like, obviously, I've seen Rogue One, which isn't really his film, to be honest. But what's his other? What's his film? What's his other film called? Um, the one it's called just called Monsters, right? I've seen his Godzilla film, seen Rogue One. It's just I haven't seen Monsters, and, and he that was kind of a similar way thing where he just went to the location, just started shooting, and he did the VFX himself. Okay, next I will talk about Coraline. So obviously, October just just went into October recently. Um, Halloween's coming up. I've never seen Coraline, so I thought let's watch Coraline. Going from work, had some food, a bit late at night. Let's watch Coraline. I've never seen it, and holy shit, it's good. <laughs> you people, and also you people watch this as children. Bruh, bruh. Like the first scene is a doll getting like cut up and reassembled, and it's grim. It like it genuinely feels like someone is being cut up and sliced open and stuffed and stitched up. It's oh, it's so gruesome, even though it's just a doll. But I can understand why this film has such a following and such like a strong. It had seemed to have such an impact on everyone's personality who's like my age or around my age. It came out when I was nine, so anyone who's like a little bit older than me or my age who saw it seemed it seems to have such an impact on like everyone's personality and everyone's interests. Like, everyone became a goth because of this film. Which, you know, the girl has, like, dark blue hair, and it's quite a gothic film, but I couldn't understand why. Because there's so much to, like, latch onto. Um, there's, I've been watching loads of, like, theory videos, trying to figure out what I think about it, and it's such an interesting film, and it moves at such a pace as well. Like, as soon as it begins, she's off on an adventure, she's found the well, she gets back, she finds the doll, or she gets given the doll, all these sort of things, it's just, yeah, next thing, next thing, next thing. And then it's like, oh, let's sew out your eyes and put buttons there. It's so creepy, so creepy. And, like, how the other mother is controlling the husband, controlling this whole world, and just wants wants her daughter. I thought there would be a retribution for the other mother, I thought that's where they were going, because she's the other mother is the lost sister of the woman that lives next door. I thought there'd be some sort of retribution where she kind of comes back to the real world, or is it? Is she not the sister? Oh, I did I misunderstand? Maybe she's not. Maybe one of the lost children was the sister. I can't remember now. But anyway, I thought there would be retribution for this character. I thought that's what we, where it was heading, where she was just going to be, like, tortured and misunderstood. And they were going to turn her good or something. But they didn't. They just locked her in her own world and turned the key and all that sort of stuff. And destroyed the hand and threw it down a well. And the, th- oh, the thing about, like, it's like, not body horror, but, like, the 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 kid, I can't remember his name the kid with the curly hair who lives next door him like getting his like voice box taken and then his mouth stitched so he like smiles all the time like the joker 
and the dad also like the mouth doing the same thing and his face is like molded like clay it looks disgusting really really effective as well um and it's a kids film i mean it is a kids film but it's a kids film really and then there's like wild scenes where the characters that dawn and french play where like they're just boobs are out yeah it's a kids film but let's just have their boobs out and like really weirdly oversized like like can't look directly at them kind of boobs um but you know i guess it's a gothic kids film why not let's put some just nudity um but yeah really good film i can see why loads of people love it i can see why loads of people attached to it because there's so much to theorize about it i watched a whole film about like insects in it um there's a film about like the other world who the cat is the other the the lost children all this sort of stuff there's a there's there's a um the neighbor not the neighbor the one who lives upstairs the like is he russian i can't remember i can't remember there's he has like a pin on his chest that suggests that he's a god is it a holocaust survivor i can't remember what it is now but there's something to do with like he's a survivor of something i can't remember what it was it might have been holocaust survivor or something like that but there's just all these elements of this film where you can look deeper into it if you want to or there's just so much to attach to and so much to dig into with this film and it's really interesting and i'm glad i finally watched it because it's so cool anyway next what else did i watch okay last few things was anderson had some shorts out had had his shorts out the the day devil no um he has some short films out on netflix um the wonderful story of henry sugar the rat catcher poison and the swan all of them pretty good um what i watched um wonderful story of henry sugar and then on the next day i watched the other three because the other three are quite short um really enjoyed them actually the wonderful story of henry sugar which is a very long title to say multiple times is his typical like story within a story in all of them, like, Roald Dahl, played by Ray Fiennes, shows up and starts telling the story. I really actually liked the um, use of this is the characters in the film are telling the story that's happening to them. So they say, like, I said, he said, then I did this. Like, I then ran to the car and then he runs to the car. I then looked around me and then he looks around him, etc. Lots of these things happen. Um, Richard Ioward is in it and I love him. Um, it seems mental that he hasn't been in a Wes Anderson film before because he seems perfect for it and the film that he directed called Submarine is so heavily inspired by Wes Anderson or it seems like anyway I yeah I really like them um, my favourite was The Swan just it was so kind of brutal and heartbreaking it's about this kid getting bullied and it's miserable and like hard to watch at some point because it's kind of got this like whimsy and the style of a Wes Anderson film but it's sad like really sad Poison's a really good really good uh, short film and it's it's a film that I'm like damn I could make that you know it's just about a guy lying on his back and he thinks he's got a poisonous snake on his chest under his covers so he can't move and the the doctor and his friend are trying to help him. There's also the rat catcher. 
which is probably my least favourite of them all. It's still good, but it just doesn't... It's just fine. It's fine. It's fine. I suppose, like, it's based on Roald Dahl's story. These are all based on Roald Dahl's stories. So, they can't really change the story, but, you know, it's fine. The other, the others were more interesting to me. Um, so, if I was to rank them, because we all love a ranking, i go The Swan, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, Poison, and Ratcatcher. All of them were very much enjoyable, but I just enjoyed The Swan the most. Benedict Cumberbatch is good in all of them, or maybe just three of them, actually. No, two of them. Um, the Ratcatcher, Rafe Fiennes is really good. Um, Rich Wild is in a couple of them. Um, Dev Patel's in a couple of them. Kind of just uses the same actors. Um, who's who's this guy? What's his name? Because he's in a couple of them as well. Rupert Friend, that's it. So they were all pretty interesting. I don't have much to say on any of them. Um, the style, I enjoy Wes Anderson's style. He could make these every week until the day I die. would be ideal for me. If he could do that for me, that would be great. Um, I just, yeah, it was just really nice having, like, short Wes Andersons to watch. Just to stick them on, like, the Swan, Poison and Ratcatcher are only 15 minutes long. The Wonderful Story is, like, 45 minutes, a bit longer. But it's just really nice to just stick this on and just watch it. It was really nice. Um, and I, I want him to make more of them. Do all the Roald Dolls. I love Roald Dahl stories. I used to read, read them loads when I was growing up. I really want a James the Giant Peach that's Wes Anderson. I think that'd be incredible. I'd quite like a an ECO trot that's Wes Anderson. Why not? Or a, uh, what's it called? The Witches or... Oh, what's the other one called? Mate, if, imagine if Wes Anderson was doing Charlie and the Chocolate, the new Charlie and Chocolate Factory. That'd be incredible. The Twits... Yeah, he should definitely do the twist. That'd be such a good uh, Wes Anderson. George's Marvelous Medicine. They should redo that film. Danny the Champion of the World. Mate, all these films, they've made films of a lot of these, but, like, I remember reading all of these, man. Danny the Champion of the World was my favourite, I think. He'd do it. Wes Anderson do a great Danny Champion of the World. Um, the BFG. I can't imagine a Wes Anderson BFG. Any of these are really good. I haven't read some of these, though. Anyway, I need to stop scrolling through, <laughs> scrolling through just Roald Dahl books. Um, but yeah, I hope he keeps making them. I hope Netflix give him all the money to do whatever he wants. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever he makes next. Even though he's, it's weird, like, this is kind of the world we live in. He's given us, just given us a feature at Asteroid City. He gave us a fresh, French dispatch like a year ago. And now he's given us four short films, one of which is like 45 minutes long. And I'm like, yeah, give me more. And, you know, we should be we should be um, happy with what we've got. And that's, I think, all the films I'm going to talk about. I like I watched those short films a few days ago. I haven't watched anything since. I've been watching the new season of Ghosts on the BBC on BBC iPlayer. Amazing show. It's by the same people who made Horrible Histories and um, Yonderland. I didn't watch Yonderland actually, but I should. It's got Charlotte Ritchie in it, who I've had a crush on since I watched Fresh Meat at uni. Um, uh, it's got, oh, what's his name? Kyle, I can't remember his second name. Um, he's really good in it as well. It's a really excellent show. It's over now, which is sad. Um, but it's got me really back into like Horrible Histories and all that sort of stuff. I started listening to a podcast called You're Dead to Me, which is hosted by a writer who was on Horrible Histories. Um, 
and he basically just they basically go through a famous person with a comedian and a expert and historian and him go through this person's life or this era or whatever and it's really interesting it's quite funny quite accessible um for example did one on Boudicca um they did one on Spartans they did one on LGBTQ plus IA people um or but they but then they were talking about how like the guy that um the expert that they had in for that subject was a professor at a university and he teaches queer history masters and he was like I use queer as like a umbrella term but some people don't like it um which was interesting they spoke a lot about like queer people that maybe we don't know about from history um like they spoke a bit about obviously like Oscar Wilde um but and like Alan Turing and these kinds of people but there was also others that they talk about and kind of how how life is different how life has been different for people of that group over history and about like conversion therapy and about like Molly is it Molly houses um I think Molly is quite a derogatory word now um but they used to have these things called Molly houses which is basically where gay men could meet um and kind of have rituals and you know you know sex happen there and like that sort of stuff happened there as well but it was more about like having like a safe space a safe space to be who you are um and they spoke a lot about that which was super interesting and they speak about who else who else who have i listened to um i can't recommend this podcast enough to be honest um blackbeard um harriet tubman who i hadn't heard of actually i think she's very she gets taught a lot in america but i hadn't heard of harriet tubman actually i just listened to one this morning about mansa musa who i'd heard the name and like apparently the richest person that's ever lived who's from africa which is interesting in itself because we've seemed to have painted a picture of africa that is it's like broke horrible oh they need our help kind of place which they do and you know things like red nose and charities do great work but the richest man that ever lived was from africa and they talk a bit about that um they've got napoleon joan of arc the aztecs stonehenge lord byron all these people and there's this been going i've been going for i've basically started from the beginning and it's been going for like four years this podcast so i'm just working my way through but super interesting podcast i really love learning about history and stuff so yeah i don't know why i just started talking about that but i did um but the word the world is shit at the moment. Should we talk about that for a bit? How long have I been recording for? Forty five minutes. The world shit at the minute, isn't it? It's, it's really shit. Like I've got prime minister who's just been openly transphobic. I've we've got politicians who are just like yeah, get them all out of this country. Immigrants, you know, yeah, fuck them, get them out. You know, they don't deserve to be here. Like they're not they're not taking on our English values. Oh, piss off. I'm at, I'm at, I've been very angry recently about this because because it seems like every day they're just like uh let's pick on immigrants actually they they're not taking on our customs they're coming to our country and they're not speaking our language so they should get the fuck out it's like so what why do you why do you care (laughs) why do you care and also i saw this joke online like going to going to another country and not speaking the language and not involving yourself is the in the culture is probably the most english thing you can do i found that quite funny um and then there's this thing about like apparently trans people are a danger 
trans men are a danger. They shouldn't be on the same ward. Trans women shouldn't be on the same ward as women. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're not... How about the fucking... Oh, just... I'm so angry about it. And I'm, I try not to think about it. And now I've got myself all riled up about it again. And I'm just so pissed off about this shit that, like, he can just be openly... Rishi Sunak can just be openly transphobic. And, like, be just be... He, what I, what is kind of annoying me most is that he's being transphobic. He might believe this stuff, and which is disgusting in itself. But what's more damning is that he's saying this stuff because he thinks it's going to win him votes. Like he he's fucked the the economy. The economy's fucked. The NHS is fucked. The NHS is fucked. Everything's fucked. The Conservatives have fucked us for the last fifteen years, and the last like thing they can grab onto, and the last way in which they can get votes is kick all the immigrants out or like not kick them all out but like be stricter and hate them more and hate trans people more that's what they're grabbing onto so they're they're basically looking they want the votes of bigots because that's all they can get now or it seems like i hope i don't hope that's all they can get because they'll probably still win or something because we're a bunch of fucking idiots oh god sorry about the swearing it's unnecessary but i'm just annoyed um that he can, or they can be so, and this other woman, I can't remember her name, fucking Silverman, not Silverman, whatever her name is, it can be so bigoted, and like, actually disgusting, and it's fine, and it's kind of being like, praised by some people, it's like, oh yeah, I'm glad somebody finally said it, oh yeah, God, get them out, God, yeah, get them out of our, get them out, get them out of our country, oh yeah, and yeah, if you've got a penis, that means you're a man. Fuck off. They're a danger to people in hospitals. They're a danger to our kids. <sighs> God. I'm so angry about it. <laughs> I'm just... Oh, dear. Sometimes as a young person, or a younger person, like, you go into uni and you think, everyone's nice. Like, people are accepting... There's trans people around, no one's being horrible to them, or from what I can see, or nobody in class has been horrible to them, you know, the teachers are accepting, you know, most of what I see on Twitter is pretty accepting, like, what I engage with on Twitter, or what I see on Twitter is a lot of, like, this is shit, like, what the fuck is he saying, but then you'll, and you kind of forget that there's people out there that are so bigoted, and, like, you'll click on the comments of, what the of Sky News who have put out the video of Rishi Shunak being transphobic, and all the comments are like, "Yeah, finally said it. Someone finally said it. Like, yeah, there are they are a danger to our kids," and it's just, it's just so sad to be honest that people are like that, and that the Conservatives are probably going to win, because Keir Starmer is just not a good enough opposition, and then you've got the whole. Israel and Palestine thing at the minute. I mean, everyone's just decided that they're on the side of Israel, which has kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. Because my understanding was like, or from what my... I don't really have... A, a, I don't have a fully formed opinion, everyone. God, shoot me. Um, but I kind of... There was an understanding, or my understanding was that this kind of war is so nuanced... The, 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 there isn't like a good guy and a bad guy that was what my understanding was I don't know if that's true or not um, and I need to do more looking into it but that's kind of what my understanding was 
But then suddenly everyone seems to have decided that they're on the side of Israel. Like every celebrity has suddenly decided that they're on the side of Israel. Um, which is interesting. Um, that it's taken... Obviously there's been huge bombings recently. And that's probably what's caused this. But like this war has been going on for years now. And no one was really like either side. No one was... I don't know. I don't know. But it just seems suddenly everyone's decided that they're on the side of Israel. And I don't... Why are we picking sides? <laughs> it's not like... I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like people are dying. And people are too busy picking sides. That they're not... Seeing that people are dying. Like, on both sides, people are being killed. People are being killed from both sides by the other side. And people are too caught up in... Oh, I'm on this side. Or you're on this side? Oh, you're you're supporting that side? Oh, fuck off. But people are dying. And it's... Shit's fucked. Sorry, guys. I, d- I didn't mean to get political, but... A lot's happened since I was last on this. And I guess I just haven't spoken about it to anyone. And I'm just started ranting now. So you've had the light-hearted film chat. And we've also had the... Fucking politics chat. So I hope that was fun for everyone. And I'm going to end it there. On a nice cheery note. On that people are dying. The government's shit. And I don't want to live in this country anymore. Because it's shit. And pause for effect. Okay, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> God, am I really ending it like that? Yeah, I'm ending it like that. Thank you so much for listening. This, I'm your host, Ellis. This has been the Wagabill Coffee Table Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at WWTC Podcast. Um, follow me on Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter. Give us a rating. Give us a follow. Um, some, write a review. All the good stuff. And you will probably won't hear me next week, but you'll hear me in the next episode. Who knows when that will be? Thank you so much. Bye.